our employees are very clearly signaling to us that they like the flexibility that comes with remote work. And just as importantly, our business results sort of speak for themselves. So we ended last year with record-breaking revenue at over a billion dollars. And the first two quarters of this year, we've kind of maintained that trajectory. There's a revolution taking place right now. Talent and intelligence are equally distributed throughout the world, but opportunity is not. The talent economy, the idea that at the center of work is the talent, is the individual. The way we work has changed forever and highly skilled talent is demanding flexibility around the way they work and the way they live. This podcast brings together thought leaders, staffing experts, and top talent to talk about the evolving nature of work and how companies can navigate these changes to remain competitive, drive innovation, and ensure success. Welcome to the Talent Economy Podcast. I'm your host, Michelle Labby, Chief People Officer at TopTel. Since 2004, Yelp's been the go-to site for reviews of just about every local business or service imaginable. Bars and restaurants, of course but also hardware stores, mechanics, movers, doctors, and anything else you can think of. Yelp's crowdsourced reviews have been there to help customers make choices in big cities and small towns across the world. Today's guest, Carmen Orr, joined Yelp as Chief People Officer just a few months ago and has already helped steer the company through a major transition. Carmen comes to Yelp after almost 10 years in progressive HR roles at eBay. And prior to that, she held several positions at Home Depot, including HR Director of Merchandising Services. She holds an MBA from Bentley College and a BA in Spanish and International Relations from Colby College. I'm so excited to talk to her today. Welcome, Carmen. Thanks, Michelle. It's great to be here. So first, let's talk a little bit about your education early on. You have an MBA from Bentley, an Executive Coaching Certification from Columbia University, and a BA in Spanish and International Relations from Colby. And I know you started your career in marketing and program management, so I'm curious, with all these backgrounds, how you got into HR. Yeah, I think it just sounds like I was confused, <laughs> <laughs> which may be a little bit true. I think, um, I think, frankly, it was probably a bit of a process of um, both serendipity and process of elimination. You know, if I kind of think back, I, um, I've really long been fascinated by human behavior. So like my eight-year-old version of myself wanted to be a child psychologist, like not a firefighter or, or a ballerina or whatever else. Um, so I, I went to school, I have a liberal arts undergrad, which I think taught me some great critical thinking skills, but I really wasn't sure coming out of school what I wanted to do when I grew up. And so um, I started down the path, took a few roles actually in finance, uh, amongst other things, and decided I needed some real world skills, which led me back to business school. And when I was in business school, I thought I would try my hand at marketing. I ended up taking a role as a uh, marketing manager for a human resources consultancy. And so part of my role was to work with people much like me and you and help the consultants to write proposals for things like uh, customized leadership development programs or competency-based HR systems, which was really my exposure to the work. And I just found it fascinating. You know, I think for me, it really combined the ability to jump in and solve complex business problems with that uh, human behavioral lens. Uh, So I found myself just getting more and more curious about the work and 
um, writing myself into some of the proposals, uh, which is really how, how I got my start uh, in HR. My first job out of school was also in marketing, and then I fell into HR. So we all kind of make our own path. Yeah, there are some there are some of us who, who know, um, but I find most of us really have kind of found our way through other avenues. So I know you joined Yelp earlier this year after 10 years at eBay. So what attracted you to Yelp and how did you make that decision even to move from a Home Depot to a eBay to a Yelp? I'd say the majority of my career in HR has been kind of in two decade-long chapters. So I spent 10 years at Home Depot, which is where I think I really cut my teeth and had great opportunities to uh, take on roles of increasing scale across like all different facets of HR. Um, and then the opportunity at, at eBay to join and kind of look at how uh, it was at the time when we were really transforming the HR model uh, from something decentralized to more centralized. You know, coming up on like 10 years at eBay, I guess it was a time for some reflection. I had done and run most of the elements of, of HR at eBay. And the opportunity for Yelp came across my email. I was immediately intrigued. And so, first of all, I've been a longtime user of the product. Like, I just love exploring like all, with all the moves that I've made and like all the places that I've lived and all the traveling that I've done, I just found Yelp to be a super trusted resource to figure out what's going on. And then when I think about organizations, I really evaluate it from like a purpose, people and culture lens uh, and Yelp really ticked all those boxes for me. So it's a mission driven company. Our mission is to connect people with great local businesses and give them reliable uh, uh, information. Um, so that really resonated with me. And I think, you know, coming out of the pandemic more than ever, like supporting local businesses, um, I think is is always important, but like critically important where we find ourselves right now. So Yelp has a, a really strong set of organizational values that really are like imbued into the culture, very focused on diversity, equity, and belonging authenticity being one of our core values and that just really really resonated with me and I could tell it was just you know more than slogans on a page uh, through all the conversations that I had and then I think the last component was um, you know I, I, the the stance that the organization was taking like a, a very forward-looking stance on remote work is something that I fundamentally you know think coming out of the pandemic can be a real differentiator and it's important as we've kind of learned a lot of lessons here. And so I just appreciated that opportunity from like both a personal and a, a professional standpoint. So in February of 2021, Yelp CEO made coming into the office optional for employees. And then in July of 2022, the company decided to close underused offices, including New York, DC and Chicago, and become a remote first workplace. So can you walk me through your decision-making process? Um, I know you tried hoteling and even fully remote, but how did you get there? Yeah, I mean, I think it was a combination of listening to our employees' feedback um, and then also gauging what was working. We were all sort of forced into this collective experiment, right? Everybody gets sent home in, in March, and um, I think pretty quickly some of the long-held paradigms and things that many of us had believed about what could make for an effective workplace experience were pretty quickly debunked. So like credit to Yelp, I think for pretty 
quickly realizing that, hey, this is actually working and we're hearing really good feedback from our employees. We've done two different company-wide surveys on distributed work that have really helped to inform the company's approach. And so like coming out of that first survey, I think was, uh, and, and seeing productivity and business results uh, remaining very positive, we decided to lean into remote work. Um, and then the longer, obviously we kind of sat in that posture, um, the more our employees told us they enjoyed it and the more benefits that we saw. So we did another survey in um, February of 2022. And, you know, the results are, I think, kind of speak for themselves. So 87% of our employees felt very favorably about uh, remote work. And this is before the offices reopened because we still had the safety protocols in place for, for COVID. 93% of both employees, individuals, contributors, and managers told us that they could, uh, they felt like they could effectively accomplish their goals working remotely. We have kind of taken that feedback. And then at the same time, as we started to reopen our offices in a face approach, like using hoteling, right? Uh, our employees really kind of voted with their feet. <laughs> so, um, I mean, and I've been into our offices. They're, like, really lovely. Uh, the snacks are fabulous, I have to say. <laughs> um, but on any given day, like, less than 1% of our population uh, goes to an office, like, now that they're able to do so. Our employees are very clearly signaling to us that they like the flexibility um, that comes with remote work. It works better for them. Um, they're able to use the time that they spend commuting on, you know, other things that matter to them, spending time with their families, uh, investing in their personal health. They can move outside of high-cost uh, city centers and live where they want to. And just as importantly, or even more importantly, like our business results sort of speak for themselves. So we ended last year with record-breaking revenue at over a billion dollars. And the first two quarters of this year, we've kind of maintained that trajectory reporting record record revenues in each quarter. So did that play into your role of making that move from eBay to Yelp, the remote aspect of it? And then did you interview remotely? I did. I had been curious, right? Because had been onboarding people uh, at my at my prior company. So it was really interesting to be able to go through the experience myself um, remotely. And I did find like it certainly expedites the process. <laughs> I, I didn't feel disadvantaged in any way by, you know, not having the, the in-person conversations. If anything, it just made it like a little bit less stressful uh, to be able to go through the process remotely. Um, but to answer your first question, yeah, I mean, it absolutely influenced my decision, I think, from two factors. One is the chief people officer. It is important to me to embrace this whole idea of flexibility and I think really looking at the employee experience from a holistic perspective um, and not just the, you know, what is my nine to five work experience perspective. Um, and I appreciated the stance that Yelp was taking and how they were listening to their employees. Like there were, those were really clear signals to me. And I remember um, in my interview talking to uh, Jeremy Stoppelman, our founder and CEO, and just kind of talking about being kind of early adopters of remote first posture. And, you know, he quoted one of our values, which is um, one of my favorites is be unboring uh, and said, you know, in order to be uh, unboring and to be an uncommon company, you have to do uncommon things. You know, it was a really a signal to me about the way uh, that the organization works. And that just so stuck with me. 
And then on a personal level, like for me, like work-life fit um, is huge. And it, if you had told me three years ago, two years ago, that I could be a chief people officer working for a publicly traded company, working from home, living on the beach, I would have thought you were crazy. Yeah, I mean, it's it's afforded me likewise, like the opportunity to integrate things that are um, important to me on a personal level. Yes, I did the same thing last year since TopTel has been fully remote for over 12 years, since the day we started, there's never been an office. So when I took this job, it was weird thinking, oh, a fully remote HR job. I was in that same situation of how do you do that? I moved from the Northeast where I don't like the weather down to Florida. Looking at palm trees every day makes me much happier than using a snow shovel ever. You know, I came into this fully remote company four years ago. And so they had a very good system and we just, you know, we improve and iterate it But since you've historically been in the office, you know, now that companies are shifting remote and you recently shifted remote, how are you guiding your team to support employees differently than you did before? Prior to the pandemic, 97% of the uh, workforce was located in the U.S. uh, and heavily concentrated around our eight office locations. Um, And then if you fast forward to now, like, so much more distributed. We're in all 50 states. Uh, we're in, I think, six countries now, and 20% of our workforce is outside of the U.S. So clearly new skill sets and new ways of working um, that we have had to figure out how to do. So trying to help empower employees to create boundaries uh, around their work uh, and around their life, I think has been something the organization is really trying to support. The team's also invested a lot in like helping to upskill people and leaders at how to lead in a remote and virtual environment. So uh, I think early on, like really leaning into like, what are the critical skills and capabilities that we need to help our uh, employees create inclusion and be effective uh, as leaders uh, across a distributed workplace. I think what was really super encouraging to me in the February survey that I mentioned is 93% of our employees said that they felt like their managers were doing a good job at driving inclusion uh, across geographic boundaries. So I thought that was that was definitely an encouraging sign. Those statistics lend well, I'm sure, to um, recruitment efforts and retention efforts. Yeah, for sure. You know, we're definitely seeing more interest in our role since we've gone remote. So we've seen increased traffic uh, to our career site for the jobs that we post there. And we've seen increased efficiency in the pools where we're sourcing talent. Right, So those roles have been easier to convert. So definitely seeing a lot there. Now, there's a lot of pressure in the marketplace, competition for talent and the great resignation, et cetera. So I think we've been holding our own from a retention standpoint, but it's, you know, it's, it's hard to kind of separate out those factors for sure. So I know you mentioned um, one of the things that attracted you was not being boring. We've spent a lot of time and I spend a lot of time focused on our culture, especially how we can maintain it and have it thrive in a remote environment. So what are you all doing? What are some of the ways that you've been trying to keep that culture alive remotely? I mentioned Yelp has such a strong and enduring culture. And so like people will point to it as sort of the secret sauce. Um, and yet 
things are changing, right? Um, by by virtue of the uh, all of the changes in our in our working model and the external environment. So I, I think it's about being really deliberate and saying like, what is it that we need to preserve, uh, and then what needs to evolve. Uh, in order to uh, to fit the uh, the reality of of the current situation, so we still think there's a there is room. We're, we're fully remote, but there's still room for what I call purposeful in person collaboration. Uh, so we've done a series of meetings that we call IRL meetings, in real life meetings, uh, where individual teams have come together, and they tend to be for like three or four days, uh, with a dual focus being on business as well as like really heavily leaning into creating connection um, and fun. And we're also looking at like what are other ways to create connection either virtually or in person. The team's been working on things like creating um, like virtual matchups. So we call it Yelp Mates, right? So connecting to different people from different parts of the organization and kind of creating those connections. Uh, we're also looking at ways, and we haven't launched this yet, but how do we, now that we're so distributed, figure out like where are the centers of populations where we can create some meetup type events? You know, Yelp is great at running commu- events for our community, and so how do we bring that similar type of model uh, for our employees? And then just kind of doing things in a virtual way to create connection and fun. So for example, actually we launched Spirit Week, and so kind of think about like your, if you go back to high school, like the spirit week that you had at high school, every day is a theme. We have different events that are taking place virtually where people can have some fun and connect with one another. So everything from like um, a Yelp test kitchen to virtual concerts to drag queen bingo. So we've got a whole bunch of fun things happening that way. So some of the fun things we're doing. That's awesome. We do that in Slack. So we're such a heavy base Slack company that we use this app called Donut. And so you have these random coffee and donut meetings. You get paired with automatically every couple of weeks with someone randomly in the company and have like a virtual coffee and donuts. Yeah. And then we do a lot. We have, you know, a book club and a pet lovers channel. Like we have a pet co- Halloween costume contest and photography contest. And so really I found that really having people who work remote find their like group that they all have a common interest helps a lot about engagement and retention. Oh, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. I love that donut idea. So Yelp regularly earns high marks for diversity, equity, and inclusion. And in 2021, for instance, you all scored 100% on the Human Rights Campaign's Corporate Equality Index. What types of policies and programs does Yelp have that make it so successful from a DEI standpoint? I think it, um, I mean, I think it stems from our values and again, we're founder led. And so, you know, I think this has always been a topic that's been important to Jeremy and, you know, and he sees it like as a true business imperative. So I think it is, is part of the reason that it just does form such a core part of the culture. From a programs standpoint, acting and leading inclusively are, are really built into employee expectations from day one. It's part of our onboarding experience. We do annual training um, around uh, diversity, equity, inclusion. We have really active uh, employee resource groups. Our benefits kind of look through this lens uh, as well recently increased like our, our baby bonding leave and kind of looking at caregiver care 
to make sure that like all folks have have access and then looking at our development programs uh, and how help we help leaders lead in inclusive ways so you know yelp has said it plans to reinvest the money that you're saving by you know closing offices into hiring and benefits and the business itself so can you tell me more about the company's specific plans on these fronts we're always looking thoughtfully at how we make the most strategic use of our assets and invest in the things that matter most to the business and our employees. And so like, given that only 1% of our employees on any given day are coming to an office, it doesn't seem like the most strategic use of those funds. You know, first, making sure that we're reinvesting in product uh, to make sure that the, the business continues to thrive. Um, and then from an employee experience standpoint, last year, we rolled out a number of additional benefits, so increased wellness uh, time off for folks. Um, we rolled out enhanced counseling services, so our employees have access through Talkspace um, to one-on-one uh, -on -one counseling for them and their families. Also implementing work-from-home stipends as well as giving people like a, a wellness fund, so a, a stipend every month that they can use on on the wellness offering of their choice. So those are all items that we've recently invested in. And a lot of those were born out of our benefit survey that we did last year. And we're continuing to look at like, what do our employees want to make their experience even better um, in this fully remote work environment? So I know you've written a lot about mental wellness, managing emotions and making time for self-care. How have you managed that in your own life? And how do you make sure that you're emulating that for your employees as well. Yeah, I mean, I think this is another pandemic silver lining is that I think mental health and wellness has really become much more part of the mainstream dialogue within organizations. I've always been someone who has made time to focus on my physical health, uh, but never really took the time to focus on my mental health, at least not in a deliberate way. I mean, I, you know, I thought maybe... <laughs> Self-care was a facial and a pedicure, which I've come to realize it's so much more than that, although those things are, are entirely lovely. I mean, I don't think there's a one-size-fits-all on this at all, but just through a lot of reading and learning and talking to other people, I've tried to figure out like what works for me in order to be able to put up some boundaries, establish some like minimum care baselines, and make sure that I can show up with the right amount of energy and in the right um, mental space to be able to like, be, be fit for purpose myself. I guess I'm pretty ritualized at this point. So I've got some morning care routines. I think like first thing I do uh, in the morning is like focus on my mind. Uh, so I will actually set an intention for the day. I do have a gratitude practice, which I do find incredibly helpful and the research backs it up. It's amazing how powerful um, how powerful it is. And then I'm also just like becoming really self-aware of like all of the negative uh, crap that might be rolling around in between my ears um, at times and figuring out is that helpful or not and usually not. I've also, you know, I, I, I think it's still important for me to take care of myself physically um, and, then, and then also also spiritually. So I do actually plan those times first um, in my day and hold them sacred. And they're usually, you know, early morning, late afternoon, but I just need to make sure that I don't miss them. Um, and I take more breaks. I have come to realize how much 
more productive I am when I rest more, <laughs> which I always thought was counterintuitive, uh, but making, making space for rest uh, and recovery uh, really just has, has helped me. And so I think it's incredibly important to model that for my team as a leader. Do you feel like the people are still struggling with that? I mean, I, we tried the no meeting thing. I know some teams at TopTel do that, for instance, but you know, everyone's like, oh, I have nothing else open on my calendar, but we'll do it for the no meeting Tuesday that we have. Um, so I think it's, it's a challenge that people have to really enforce for themselves too. I think it's interesting you bring that up because so much of this is internalized. There's this whole notion of the ideal worker who's available 24-7. You know, when we were in offices or if you're in an office, then you're in before the boss and you're the last person to leave and you're always on and you're always available. I will admit, like I still get that anxiety feeling if I see something that's like after I was like, I have to respond and then I'm reminding myself, oh, no, you actually don't. I think that kind of conditioning, like that takes a lot (laughs) of undoing. I have somebody that put in for time off at the end of this week and it says in their PTO request, um, Michelle demanded that I take this time off. I think as long as everybody helps each other uh, and tries to look out for each other. So as we're getting close to the end, there was a question that I wanted to ask you now that everything can go viral. I I was curious to learn about how you handle the review bombing and how you assure that all the reviews are authentic. You know, we don't exist without reliable reviews, right? And so I think that's how we think about differentiating ourselves from like a a, a Google. Like you can't, you can't leave a review that's not based on firsthand experience, uh, first of all. And uh, we, we, really rely on a combination of automated software as well as human intervention to make sure that the information that's being posted on Yelp is reliable. So we do invest quite a bit in ensuring that the information that's posted on the platform is reliable. As a Yelp user and an avid Yelp user, I'm thrilled to hear that. A question that I asked everybody now, um, I started asking this a few months ago because I'm an avid reader and I love to ask my guests if there are books that have impacted their career, their leadership, something that they recommend for their teams, something that inspired you. One of the books that's sort of a perennial favorite of mine is Crucial Conversations. Uh, and so it's really was probably my first introduction to neuroscience and understanding what happens <laughs> and why we get uh, flooded uh, when we're presented with uh, a conversation that feels like, oh my gosh, is this like this this performance feedback is going to kill me, right? Like, why does that feel so bad? Um, so that's that's one that I has always I always recommend to my teams around like how do you have productive conversations when the stakes are high? And then another one that I just um, I I feel is probably. Uh, a must read for any leader is Dare to Lead by Brene Brown. I mean, anything that Brene Brown writes, like <laughs> I would recommend, but Dare to Lead in particular, I mean, just talking about the importance of leading with vulnerability and empathy um, and trying to build organizations that organizational cultures that are built on trust. Um, there's just so many great tools and practical uh, things that are easily put into place from that book. Well, one last question I'd like to wrap with. What has been your proudest moment as a leader? 
You know, I really, I think the things that stick with me are um, any of the times where I see one of my team members uh, step outside of their comfort zone and do something that they didn't really think was possible for them. So I had a couple of examples, like just from the last two years of team members of mine who I uh, kindly suggested make some non-obvious career moves. <laughs> At least not, not obvious to them. They were pretty obvious to me in terms of the capabilities that they brought to the table that would make them successful uh, in the new role. And I just remember in both cases being met with a, are you crazy? That sounds like a terrible idea. I can't do X, Y, or Z. And then through ongoing conversations, was able to convince them to give it a shot and then just watching them absolutely thrive uh, in those roles months later and like be really excited about it. So those are, those are the things that make me, um, make me super proud. Great. Well, Carmen Orr, chief people officer at Yelp. Thank you so much for your time and your insights today. It's been an awesome conversation. I appreciate it. Thank you, Michelle. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for listening to the talent economy. I'm your host, Michelle Labby. You can find much more information about the talent economy on staffing.com and toptel.com slash insights. Hubs for bold, comprehensive content featuring business thought leaders and authoritative research focused on the future of work.